And now I am pumped to say that we are joined right now by the pro football doc himself, Dr. David Chow. The doc, along with my guy Craig Dato, are the masterminds behind Sports Injury Central. Now, I believe in this company and its vision and its product so much that I am an investor in the company. I'm also on the advisory board, so I'm going to look to talk to the doc as often as I can because he's got the insight, he's got the information, and he has what you need to make more informed betting choices. Doc, it is so great to have you on. Before I pick your brain, Doc, take a minute, explain exactly what Sports Injury Central is and where the listeners can go to take advantage of your info as well as all the folks that you have brought in. Well, Jim, I'm flattered with that introduction. You're the GOAT. You're the Hall of Famer. So I'm very, very flattered. So what we do at Sports Injury Central is we provide injury analysis, not injury reporting. That's the big difference. Coach speak. They can say one thing, but what does it really mean? We don't rely on reports that are leaked from agents or the team. We use insider knowledge, not insider information. We have a panel of physicians who have all been head sports team doctors, including the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. And we have over a century of experience on that. So what we do is look at publicly available information, look at the video, look at how a player is moving in their training camp workouts, et cetera, and say, are they ready? Are they not? What percent are they going to be? It's analysis, injury analysis. We're really the only ones that have that with this amount of experience from former head team physicians. And it's at Sports Injury Central, which is SICscore.com. And I'm sure we'll talk about a lot what we actually assign six scores to teams and their health and individual players. All right, so I like that. This is what I'm talking about, the kind of insight and information you need to make educated choices. So, Doc, let's just jump right into this. I want to start with the Ravens. Now, the Ravens, Doc, were busted the hell up last year. We all know this. Generally, how is their health right now? And specifically, what are you expecting from J.K. Dobbins, who missed all of last year? Yeah, and, and look, this is where I'm thrilled to be with you. You're a sports expert. You've got betting experts. I'm just the injury expert take that information and use it for what it's worth. I'm going to tell you the Ravens are pretty banged up and uh, they're among the lowest six scores for a team coming into the season. And I'll tell you why. And because if you like the Ravens, maybe you go half a unit on it. If you already like the Jets, maybe you should do two units on it, their opponent. Okay. The Ravens have injury issues because not only because of JK Dobbins, who I firmly believe will not play this week and may not play for several weeks. Look, they added Kenyon Drake. Gus Edwards, the other running back, is still out from his ACL. And Lamar Jackson, we've been saying for weeks he's not playing. Lamar Jackson, a couple of days ago, I think spilled the beans. His coach was saying better and better every, every day. We'll see what happens with Dobbins. He's ascending. Lamar Jackson came out and said, yeah, he's looking great, and we hope that he'll be back out there in a couple of weeks. That's what he said in a moving press conference. To sorry, sorry about that, guys. And Jim, I'm actually between cases in the operating room. And I you are a doc. That's true. I got you. Okay. Uh, the the uh, in any case, the Ravens have issues not only at running back, but their left tackle Ronnie Stanley just practiced for the first time 
this week from an injury that was over a year ago with his ankle. And then he went DNP after he practiced a little bit. Tyler Lindebaum, their center, has a Liz Frank injury. Marcus Peters is coming off an ACL. It's very hard for a quarterback to react to a wide receiver coming off an ACL. Their outside linebacker, Tyus Brower and Obajabo, obviously went on injured reserve with the Achilles from the, from the, from the workout pre-draft. In any case, the Ravens are a relatively banged up team going into the game. And if you go to the Sports Injury Central SICscore.com site, you can click on the six score tab and you can click on the game and you get a field view. Basically offense, defense, the Ravens offense against the defense of the Jets and the other way around. Of course, the Jets have some issues too with uh, their offensive line. All right, so that's a great overview right there. You want to click on that to get even more information. All right, Doc, what about the Saints? I like the Saints. In fact, I like the Saints a lot, and I'll like them even more if Michael Thomas can prove that he is anywhere near what he used to be prior to all of his injuries. What are your expectations for him? Well, we've raised our expectations for Michael Thomas from this offseason. We thought, you know— especially before the three-day minicamp where he did not pass a physical, we said, looking at his video, we don't think he's ready. And he didn't pass a physical. He did pass during training camp. He is looking better, but now he has an acclimation or compensation injury with a hamstring. So we're not sure where he's at this week because it's a soft tissue hamstring issue. On top of the uh, ankle issue that, that he's actually seemed to maybe overcome. But here's the issue with the Saints, too. Not only do they have an offensive lineman with a turf toe who needs surgery and is out, Trevor Penning, but let's not forget your quarterback there for the Saints, Jameis Winston, is coming off an ACL-MCL himself. Have quarterbacks done well coming off of ACLs? Yes. Phillip Rivers, who I did surgery on, had a personal best 105 quarterback rating the year after. Tom Brady came back back in the day very successfully from an ACL. But those are pocket guys. Can Jameis Winston be effective in the pocket because of the ACL? I think he can. But can he be effective on the move and out of the pocket? That remains to be seen. So we don't have Jameis Winston at full health, even though people forget about him coming off his ACL. So that would be the one fly in the ointment related to the Saints. But I get it. They're in division with Carolina and the Falcons. And the Bucs have lots of uh, up-the-middle offensive line problems at center and guard, et cetera. So I get why you like the Saints. But I would just temper it a little bit, not only Michael Thomas, but Jameis Winston, don't forget. All right, so I think this is fair. Listen, if you're listening right now, this is information, really good information that you probably did not have that you should be using before you get down, before you make your decisions. All right, take advantage of this information. Doc, you mentioned Tom Brady. What is the latest on Tampa Bay wide receiver Chris Godwin heading into week one? Yeah, happy to answer that. But just to go back, in terms of also at six score, we have something called sick picks. And we said a week ago uh, that for sick picks, take J.K. Dobbins under 875 yards as a future play. Okay. And after And after Lamar Jackson's news and whatever yesterday all the future lines for jk dobbins went down you you could have gotten down at under 875 now you can't get down now when it comes back up it's probably going to be a lot lower so those are some of the things that you can do uh for chris godwin uh i had the fortune this morning earlier because i did some other media hits and other things and chatted with with two top 
two good uh, NFL quarterbacks. One, obviously, an MVP, Rich Gannon, and the other is uh, Bruce Gretkowski. And I asked both of them. I said, they asked me about Chris Godwin. And I said in return to them, I said, in your football careers, have you ever played with a wide receiver on a game that wore a knee brace, an ACL brace? And they both chuckled. And I said, and if you had one, would you even think about throwing him the ball? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, you can't play with an ACL brace at that position. Now, Godwin admittedly has removed his knee brace, but he practiced all training camp with the knee brace on. He's only nine months. He's making a great recovery, but he's not close to 100%. He took his knee brace off, but then donned an orange, no non-contact jersey for his, quote, full practice. I think there's a good chance he's still out this week, and if he plays, his sixth score still will be low in the 60s. Uh, In other words, from a production perspective, if he's worth X amount of fantasy points or value to your team, you want to take 60% of that. There's no way he's close to 100% right now. But he's got a good trajectory. All right, Doc, what about the Packers? As you look at them offensively, overall, how concerned are you about their general health? What do they look like to you? I am concerned. Look, you got Aaron Rodgers, so that's pretty darn good. And, of course, this week, the mysterious Alan Lazard, in theory the number one receiver, got stepped on foot, ankle. In preseason, we don't have film, so we're not as helpful analyzing the extent of injury. But he logged another DNP today, so three straight DNPs is going to equal an out, uh, you have to believe, going into week one. But it's not just Chris Godwin, and it's not just young wide receivers. Robert Tanya, their tight end, is coming off an ACL tear and is not 100%. But the biggest concern on offense for the Packers might be the tackles. David Bakhtiari has basically not played in two years. He missed basically all of last year, had three surgeries related to the ACL, and is still limited in practice. On the other side at right tackle, Elton Jenkins is coming off an ACL and has been limited still in practice. So we have them at best yellow on the field views with lower scores. So I mean, how is Aaron Rodgers going to do with bookend tackles coming off of health issues, playing, not playing, but certainly less than 100 percent without his quote number one, Alan Lazard, no Robert Tanyan and a cadre of young wide receivers? Factor it in. All right, Doc, you said something at the very top that I thought was interesting. You said, listen, there's coach speak. There's coach speak, and then there's the information that we have and the insight that we have and the way we go about it. In terms of coach speak, I'm curious, what do you make of the way the Jets handled Zach Wilson, and when do you expect him to play? And then what do you expect from him when he does play? Well, we said it early this season, even though it was bone bruise uh, and medial meniscus tear, that he would miss week one and several weeks. And here is our impression why. And this is what we hope makes us different than other uh, people trying to do this. We worked with NFL teams. We see the other side of it. Robert Sala was actually honest and said, this is the worst time for Zach Wilson to have this injury. And remember, it was preseason game one. Why is that the worst time? Wouldn't the worst time be week one or week five or when they're in it? What he was saying is, I have a young quarterback that needs practice reps, and you get five times as many practice reps every week in training camp than you do preparing for a game, because you only practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even then, it's limited amount of snaps and time, and guess what? They got to get a quarterback ready to play anyways. They don't have time to try and ramp up Zach Wilson. This is why they finally came out and said they stopped the shell game of 
of, oh, we'll see. He's looking better and better. They came out and said, saw came out and said, I'm tired of the questions. He's out until Pittsburgh. And part of that being out till Pittsburgh is that he needs the practice reps, which they don't have time to give him because they have to get Joe Flacco ready to play. And no offense to Zach Wilson. If this is Tom Brady, without practice, he's playing. If this is Aaron Rodgers, without practice, he's playing. But for Zach Wilson, he needs to log some practice time. So not only get his knee better, but log some practice time for the team to have confidence to start him. And the other thing is they're probably protecting him too, because remember, Makai Becton, the left tackle, now right tackle, is out for the season. They signed Dwayne Brown, and there's rumors that he's out for the season at left tackle. So they got George Fant. They don't know where to put him on the right or the left side. And maybe that's also why they're not putting Zach Wilson in for a few weeks. All right. So, Doc, one more thing. I'm really curious. What did you think watching Matt Stafford last night? For instance, there's been so much talk about the procedure that he had on his elbow. In fact, let me ask you that. What was the procedure and how much of a concern would you have if you're the Rams about his elbow going forward? What are your thoughts on what you saw last night? The procedure was not surgery. It was a PRP injection and maybe more than one. That is the procedure. And it happened in the off season. He's got medial epicondylitis, which is like a tendonitis of the elbow. It is not the dreaded Tommy John ulnar collateral ligament. This is why he could make all throws. If he had to throw 60 times, he could. And, you know, worst case, he gets limited in practice. So I am actually not very worried about Matthew Stafford's elbow. If anything, I'm buoyed by what he did last night because when he had pressure, there were times he changed arm angles and still threw the ball hard. If your elbow is sore and bothering you, you can't do that. So I have the opposite. I'm actually more encouraged about Matt Stafford's elbow. But the biggest problem for Matt Stafford's elbow is his offensive line. I mean, it was replayed, I think, six times on TV last night when Von Miller lined up on the right side. The tight end was supposed to chip him he whiffed and then the offensive left tackle was supposed to block him and he whiffed and it was a straight to the quarterback sack and Stafford didn't have any time. So I don't think the poor performance yesterday was related to the elbow at all. Really interesting. One bonus thought. You got Mitch Trubisky, Doc, who's going to get the call for Pittsburgh. Is he going to roll with a healthy Deontay Johnson? What is his status? Well, Deontay Johnson said this week he's been limited and said, you know, he's been limited what he can do with his arm. By video from the preseason game, it looks like he has a left AC joint sprain. And yes, it's sore. And But in practice, you don't inject it, so it's sore. But for the game... The Steelers team physician will do a safe numbing injection. And I think Deontay Johnson himself will be surprised at how good his shoulder feels for the game. So it's my anticipation that he will roll this week. There you go. So, Doc, this is our first episode. Let me reiterate, I am thrilled to be a part of the Sports Injury Central family as a member of the advisory board, also an investor in the company. Really quickly, if the listeners want more of this information, because there is so much more and it's technical and there's a lot more where this came from, where should they go to get it? Go to SICscore.com, Sports Injury Central, and surf around, click the tabs. You're probably better off on your on your laptop than on a mobile because there's so much information and data there. Go to the field views, look at the sides. I think it'll be self-explanatory, whether for fantasy DFS or for wagering. And remember, it's just 
a data point of information for everyone to reinforce their decision. It's not supposed to be a Bible just to change your mind. It's it's information so that you can make better decisions. Exactly. It's a tremendous, tremendous resource. Doc, great, great job. Great to have you on this podcast. I know you and I will speak again shortly. Have a great weekend. And thank you very much for doing that. Thank you, Rome. 